This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Today, want to go over Trump's first 100 days, the list of the things that he says he's going to accomplish. And if these things are accomplished, it's going to be one amazing 100 days. Also, want to talk to you a little bit about the protests that were happening last night. We've got to stop. I, I, I can tell you, I believe I know the way out on this, and we're... I'm starting to see the fruits of our labors, things that people were very upset about uh, with me. I want to show you, I want to pick an apple from that tree and show you the difference that you can make. We do that right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You guys remember Riaz Patel? I had him on television. He is the gay Pakistani immigrant Muslim uh, that was, uh, uh, that is a kind of a Hollywood kind of guy. And he had been reaching out to me for I don't know how long, and uh, I finally said, you know what, come on, because I was in a place to where I want to listen to people I disagree with, and I want them to hear us. If you're honest and open, we need to talk. When he came in, whew, it was interesting. He was great. Half the building was on fire. What, what is he doing here? Why, why would you have him here? Are you crazy? I said, let's just take a man at his word. He says... He has a new understanding, and he wants a deeper understanding of who we are and what we believe. That's crazy. Okay. We had an interesting day. I had him on television. He was, he was fantastic on television, one of the best television guys I've ever seen. He's never been on television before. He, he was, stayed quite some time in the building. Yeah. He was here quite he a while. He spent the day. He spent the day. He just... Sure, he was casing the joint. Yeah, right. He, <laughs> he just wrote something that I want you to hear. What a gay Muslim Pakistani American immigrant learned traveling to rural Alaska the week before the election. That's the headline. Catchy. Dear 59,668,724 disappointed Americans, I know this is a devastating day. Considering the toxic levels of hatred and division unleashed over the past few years of campaigning, either outcome was going to be a bitter pill for half our nation to swallow. 
Like all forms of mourning, it will take time to heal as we mourn the loss of our version of the next four years. But notice I said our version, because there is another version. And that one not only has a lot of supporters, but it has legally and definitively asserted its right to be heard. It's a perspective I didn't know a lot about until recently. A few months ago, I sat down with Glenn Beck for an intense chat about hate in America. At some point, he questioned why I lumped all white Americans together when expressing a particular point of view. I have thought about that a lot. The next day, I decided to meet... Uh, The the next day, I decided I needed to understand the election from a perspective rather than my own. On my drive to work, I found for the first time a conservative talk radio station. The morning after, I found another. And ever since, since due to the power of satellite radio, I have been crisscrossing the country, popping in to listen to the local call-in shows. Here's what I learned by listening. Actually listening not wanting and waiting to speak, not waiting to uh, to disagree or refute, but listening. There exists, all capital letters, a huge population in America who are desperately struggling to feed their families. They feel their needs are not authentically represented within this huge government. They feel their concerns are not being voiced by any major news outlet. They're tired of being called dumb. They're tired of being called bigoted and racist. And based on the shocked expressions of every anchor last night that all their polling data was off, apparently they aren't really counted. I was feeling such a groundswell of their frustration and unhappiness and even the strong possibility of a Trump victory that I decided last minute to travel with my husband and our six-month-old daughter Uh, to Ketchikan, Alaska, the weekend before the election. Now, who would have seen this coming? Why? Because I wanted and needed to meet these people, and I wanted them to meet me. Before, Before we had a winner, how else could we both understand each other beyond the black and white, which we both have been painted in, nonstop, painting in this vicious election cycle. So I went to breakfast in Ketchikan at the landing on Tongas Avenue, and I discussed the stakes of the election with third-generation fishermen. And what I learned is that their entire life's work was at stake based on potential Clinton fishing regulations. I talked somewhat fervently about the, the cancer that is radical Islam with Nicole and Jim, who ran the Black Bear Inn, and we discussed how unsafe we all feel these days. I chatted with Paula, the 30-year-old bar manager, who explained that almost all of Alaska is owned by the federal government, so each vote in this community is really about their ability to support their families. Over the course of two days, I met wonderful, lovely people. Some I agreed with, and some I didn't. Some of them had met a Muslim before, and others hadn't. But all of them asked me earnest questions about my background, and I asked about theirs. No question was offensive, because the intention was non-judgmental. On my flight back, I realized that for many of us supporting Hillary, this election was about incredibly important social issues. It was a moral election for us. 
To most people, however, that I met on my trip, it was about their survival, literally survival. So when I read Facebook and Twitter posts this morning vilifying 50% of the country for being dumb or racist, I remembered Nicole, Jim, Paula, and I know that's not true. But how would I know if I didn't meet them and talk to them with an open mind? Only by pulling up a few chairs to personify these people we think we hate will we move beyond black and white to the way the world really is, gray. Gray, it seems, is the only way. As I walked around my office today, people are in shock. It's no surprise people are surprised by the results when they refuse to let an opposing opposing viewpoint in. What did most of my Hillary-supporting friends do when someone just disagreed with their politics on Facebook? They unfriended them. And even when Jake Tapper on CNN made the mistake of saying we instead of she as he refers to winning Connecticut, we have to realize that we are in one giant echo chamber that extends to almost everyone we speak to and almost every place we get information. This morning... I, for one, am not surprised by the result, but I am slightly impressed by the notion that all the celebrity power and campaign money in the nation was not enough to continue to mute these Americans. They simply went to the polls and voted for what was in their best interest for their family, just as we do, and they won, and they won fairly. Now, before the chat threads blow up below the article, I'm not denying that some Trump supporters are racist, of course. But some Muslims are terrorists. Now, this is something that was remarkable to me when we were sitting, when we were talking, that was my point to him. Dude, how can you wrap all these white people into this? You can't say that. Are some Muslims terrorists? And that's what made him thought. Listen to what he's just said. I've seen the clips of bigoted slurs being thrown out at Trump rallies. But as a TV producer, when I watch the footage aired, there aren't a ton of, uh, there aren't a ton of incidents. It's a couple each time, played many, many times over. But if a group of 20 idiotic Trump, support, Trump supporters yell ethnic slurs, is the entire stadium racist by association? No. If a Black Lives Matter supporter says it's open season on whites, Is that the true representation of the movement? No. Should I be viewed with suspicion because I'm a Muslim and some are terrorists? No. The worst outcome of this election is that we have been reduced to a series of broad labels that no longer reflect who we are. Mexican, white, Republican, immigrant, Muslim. We may try to look at people as labels, but we will never truly see them because they do not look at their own lives and families as labels. Amen. If in the misery of this morning's election hangover, we choose to continue to refer to Trump supporters as one collective them, I think that this is as offensive as anything I've heard in this election cycle and as ungracious as anything we feared from Trump supporters in the defeat we assumed would be theirs. I think a key part of beginning to heal is realizing that Trump is not his supporters. Who he is and how he campaigned is truly distasteful to me. 
but his supporters are not him. They voted for a variety of reasons that are important and personal to them. And when I was with them this past weekend, everyone I came across shown me kindness and humanity. I hope for their sake, their quality of life improves and that they are able to continue to work and provide for their families with a safe and loving home, a home into which I hope to be invited. Wow. That is remarkable. Yeah, that's pretty great. May I share one more? In contrast from the uh, protests uh, last night. Exactly right. And the protests last night, quite honestly are going to do to the left what many of us did because of the machinery to them during Barack Obama. Now, we all felt justified, and I don't think anybody did this intentionally, and they may not even be doing this intentionally. But you can see the pattern. In 2008, Bush was selected, not elected. Then he was, he just hated all Muslims. Then he blew up the levees and hated uh, black people. And then, and then he was a 9-11 co-conspirator. I mean, all of that stuff. And so when we got to 2008, we felt justified and we already saw people as, you're not really even American. Because we wrapped ourselves in the flag. We wrapped ourselves, and I, I remember saying it, this jingoism is scaring me. I mean, I made in 2004, I made a, a blanket statement um, uh, for all the things that I do. My first book, I do not want the flag on it. I fought with Simon & Schuster about that stupid flag on my, first, on my first book because I said everything that we are saying, we are making it American, which will make anything that we're not saying un-American. We can't wrap ourselves in red, white, and blue all the time. But that's what happened. And that's what led Hillary Clinton to say, I'm tired of being told that what I say isn't American. Because we had unknowingly made people feel that way. And so when they came in with hope and change, and it was a guy so different than the typical American We had honest questions about his alliances and his background, but they saw it as, you're just saying that he's un-American. No, we're saying that we have real concerns here. Yeah, yeah, because he's different, because he's not wrapped in the flag. Do you see the disconnect? And so it spiraled out of control. We have an opportunity right now, both left and right, to stop this dead in its tracks. But it's going to require us to be brave just as, just as he was to go out of our comfort zone and for people like me to go into their world and our world and say good things about honest people. You know what? I think probably the leaders of this group last night, they were saying F Trump, F Trump. Bad, really bad. But just as he said, that doesn't make everyone in that crowd bad. It makes some of them very frightened because they don't know us. I would be terrified of Donald Trump if I didn't know so many people who voted for him. 
They don't know anybody who voted for him. Back in just a minute, our sponsor this half hour is My Patriot Supply. So what happens next? No one knows for sure. But unexpected events do happen. Great things can happen. Great things can happen if we don't do what happened last night. And if we don't do, really, what we did in 2000 or the left did to us in 2008. If we keep our hearts open, great things are going to happen. But the economy is going to go through a hard time. There's, gonna, there's, there's trouble on the horizon. May I suggest, for a limited time, exclusively for you, I know people say this all the time, but this time, this, this is true. It's only for this audience. Buy a one-year food supply for $997. That is a rare savings of $800. This is amazing. This is, for $2.73 a day, you'll get three meals. For $2.73, I mean, Sally Struthers can't stretch it that much. For two seventy-three a day, you get three meals. You'll have food for a whole year for one person, or if you have a family of four, that's, that's three months of food. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner for everybody in the family. If you get behind on your bills, if you are stretching and you just can't make it to the end of the month, that's when this really comes in handy. You don't have to have a hurricane. Call 800-946-2325 or visit preparewithglenn.com. Food lasts up to 25 years, tastes like homemade cooking. It's really good. Order now, sleep well tonight, preparewithglenn.com, 800-946-2325, 800-946-2325, preparewithglenn.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Triple eight seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Glad you're here. Um, I, I am uh, I, I'm charting a different course than pretty much everybody else that you might listen to or watch on TV. They're um, uh, they're they're pretty much, and there's nothing wrong with this, but they're pretty much playing the same game that that we have been playing for a while, and that is that the president's going to solve our problems. And I don't believe that to be true. And I also believe, and I think you do too, that the parties are a real problem, and. 
the political parties, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, if Bernie Sanders takes over the Democratic Party, that machinery is still going to be there. And that machinery has learned if we demonize one another, we win. Um, and uh, we, we have to break the back of the machinery itself. We have to find a way to where that doesn't work anymore. And the only way that works is if we get to know each other and we realize, and I, I learned this, quite honestly, from Germany. The people who actually saved Jews were the ones who said, many of them, look at Schindler. He didn't say that all Jews were good. He didn't say this was something that they needed to stop. He said, these are my Jews. I know these Jews. These Jews are good. He's not saying all of them were good. The problem in Germany was the Jewish community, for very good reasons, had separated itself, and so people didn't know who they were, so they were easily demonized. They lived in their own echo chamber. And yes, they were out and everything else, but they, didn't, they did not congregate and socialize, generally speaking, with other Germans, and the other Germans didn't socialize with them. And so they were easily targeted and picked off. That's the problem. We're all, the the right is living in their echo chamber and the left is living in their echo chamber, which is bigger, but it's still an echo chamber. And nobody knows one another. And so I'm playing a different game. I'm, I'm not concentrating on politics. I'm trying to concentrate on culture and the heart. And it is a really critical piece that some people just won't get. But I'm, I'm asking you to hang with and listen because we're starting to see the fruits of some of our labors um, come through. And I want to show you another one next. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. I want to play for you some audio, really disturbing audio, from uh, riots, or or I can't say riots, uh, marches that happened all over the country last night. Listen to this. Lily, your sign tonight says... Um, Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. If if we don't fight, who's going to fight for us? People had to die for freedom where we're at today. We can't just do rallies. We have to fight back. There will be casualties on both sides. There will be because people have to die to make a change in this yeah, world. But wow. Trump, enough with your racism. Stop splitting families. Let, don't split my family. And you're fearful that you're going to lose friends and relatives to people. Oh, yeah, a lot. Friends, family, even all races. Not just my Hispanic culture, but the rest of the races. Don't take away our rights. You know, you impeach Donald Trump. That's what he needs to get. Yeah. Impeach. Okay. So radicals. This is wow. why. 
This is why, and I, and I want to go into this. Pat and I were just talking about it the, off the air. I have a different perspective on... Uh, I, I think I'm beginning to understand why there's a double standard. If this were happening... Yeah, if this would have been us during Obama... I mean, it would have been it would have led every story. Right. And rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yes. But I have a really important perspective that I want to discuss with you at the top of the hour. Will you remind me, Pat? Yeah. We'll go back to that. And I want to discuss this um, because I think I understand. But I want to I want to bring one more piece uh, to the table. I've gotten a lot of heat for, you know, um, Meeting with the New York Times and um, and going into, if you will, uh, the lion's den, being on Charlie Rose. You're a sellout, Glenn. And I've told you, no, I believe we have to listen to one another and we have to get out of our own echo chambers and we have to be honest about our side and stick to principles. And we can change hearts that way. Now, I might be a, an idiot, but I'm not a useful idiot. I know the risks of doing this. But I truly believe that if you are honest, you're going to be able to make a difference. Now, I showed you at the top of the hour, the beginning of the show, I read one editorial that just came out from a gay Muslim Pakistani immigrant who I met with against a lot of advice, I met with and had on the show six or eight months ago. And I said to him during the show, why do you keep saying all white America? Why do you lump white America together? And they're racist and bigoted. And in this article that he wrote, defending the Trump supporters today, taking his own money and going to Alaska over the weekend and sitting down and trying to understand, and his whole world changing. There's one piece of evidence that you can make a difference. Let me give you another. I can't say who this is, but you may not know him, but you would definitely know his work. He is one of the more accomplished people in Hollywood. He's a guy who came into my office uh, four years ago, and he disagrees with this now, but uh, the way I remember it is uh, he hated me more than anyone I've ever met, including my ex-wife. Um, <laughs> uh, and, That's a lot. Are you sure about that? Yeah. That's and, a lot. Uh, so uh, it, was, it was an intense, intense meeting, and... Um, he has written me probably three or four times in the last week. Now, this happened how many years ago? Four years ago that I met him? And he uh, wrote to yeah, me. Maybe three. He wrote to me last week, and he said, uh, I've been watching you since we've met. And he said, I believe you are the guy you say you are. And he said, um, uh, uh, while I completely disagree with you, your courage to take on your own when you know none of us are going to come run into your rescue is pretty phenomenal. So um, that happened last week, and he's written to me a couple of times. And after the election yesterday, he wrote to me an amazing letter. Now, we don't agree on anything, anything. 
And he wrote to me, and the opening line, and I asked him if I could share this with you, is, Glenn, I'm in denial and shock. But I realize today, maybe this is how you felt when Obama was elected. I don't know. I don't think that there was any rigging or any kind of conspiracy to get Donald Trump elected. But today I'm thinking, I have to re-examine some of my beliefs about our country and its people. Will we get a wall? Will we get a deportation force? Is he going to, is he going to deport uh, or not allow any Muslims to come into America? Now, I wrote him back and I just took his letter. So I didn't write a formal letter. I just took in, in all caps, responded to each thing. So I want to read this to you. I'm in denial and shock. Maybe this is how you felt when Obama was elected. I don't know. Yes, this is exactly how we felt. But I'm not thinking there was rigging or some sort of conspiracy. Agree. We didn't think that this was rigged either for Obama. I'm thinking that I have to re-examine some of my beliefs and what I believe about our country and its people. Yes, you will. But I warn you, it will go much deeper than you think. First, you will unite right now against a common enemy. Please be careful. This, I think, is what we did. We united against because we weren't listening and you weren't listening to us. We demonized and we stopped being heard by half of the country. As you examine, as you look for things to unite around, please unite around principles and values because those are the things we may end up sharing, and those things can be moved forward, and we can unite with people like me. Will we get a wall? Will we get a deportation force? He has already said no to these things, because at the very least, they're just not feasible. But I want you to know, anything that is immoral or unconstitutional, I and millions of Americans will stand with you to the end. The Muslims being ejected from America just for being Muslim. Millions of Americans will march by your side. And don't think uh, I won't. I marched with Al Sharpton for the love of Pete. Just don't tell anyone. Um, The difference between, I continue to write, the difference between a Trump supporter and you and me is I took Trump literally, but not seriously. But I believe the Trump supporter took him seriously, but not literally. I believe, I hope, I can believe they are right. If in the end it ends up that he was literal, then you will have millions of fellow sojourners like me. At the very least, he writes, we'll probably get the chance to see how an unfettered conservative economic program actually functions. All capital letters. No, I write. (laughs) Please don't make this mistake. The indications of what he believes, he is not a conservative or an Austrian economics guy. Um, He wouldn't have paid politicians off if he were an open capitalist. He may do some tax cutting things, um, but he is also for huge tariffs. This is not conservative, and I fear if he does what we did before, 
Um, it will turn into Smoot Hawley, 1933, which caused the Depression to become the Great Depression. His economic plans, as he stated on the road, could be horrific. He writes, maybe he'll unlock prosperity. Um, you and I would be fine, of course. We'd get huge tax cuts, and we don't depend on a social safety net. Yes, I agree. This is why um, I have raised and given away over $50 million with my audience in the last four years alone. I also tithe. I don't know people on the left or the right in my position that does this like this, but we do because it's our duty as people. We cannot ask the government to do less unless we plan on personally doing much more. He writes, I worry about those who haven't been as lucky as we have, and I worry about these people, especially the children. Um, I think the children will suffer from the normalizing of racism and xenophobia. Even my daughter, who is eight, is worried about some of her friends at school. This is terrifying to me and many others like me as well. Let's work together. What can we do to help? I'm with you 100%. If the next president fixes the debt, stops all wars, his fourth wife turns out to be an illegal Muslim, but he teaches that racism, bigotry, xenophobia, and misogyny is okay, if he fails on this one thing alone, he will be a dangerous president. I've warned since 2004 that the seeds are being planted, that we're beginning to show fruit or harvest of 1933 Germany under Barack Obama. We make sure we need to make sure that we don't water those seeds. It isn't Bush, it isn't Obama, and it isn't Trump. They're not going to become Hitler. It will be us with the watering can of hate, demonization, and vengeance. The ball, however, this time is in your court. I'm on your side of the net. Please learn from my mistakes. I have done a ton of soul searching. And I will help take anyone down from this tree that will listen. I've learned valuable lessons that you don't have to learn firsthand. And if you do decide to learn it firsthand, we all may live to regret it. He ended his note to me, I feel sick inside, but I'm trying to console myself by remembering that there are people who sincerely thought Obama would be the end of America, and of course he wasn't. That's when I wrote, you get it. You really do get it. You feel like I felt and millions of other Americans felt, but no one stopped to listen to us. Don't make the same mistakes I made, and in four years, it might be better. It's going to be hard, but let's help people hear one another. We need to listen, or at least I do. Thank you for giving me the privilege of learning uh, what you're feeling today. Winning needs to be a thing of the past. Reconciliation is the path forward. Martin Luther King was right. The point of, the point of that email was, and this is critically important, instead of going out and marching in the streets like that, and if you see somebody that is that upset, you need to recognize the exact fear that you had. Remember, remember when... When Barack Obama was in and he said, you know, they have antipathy to, to those who have, uh, to people unlike them. In fact, um, they hold on to their guns and their God. And we thought, he's coming for our guns and our God. And in many ways, he tried. But remember what happened? 
They laughed at us when we said that. They rolled their eyes. Oh, please, he's not going to do that. And that made us believe they're either delusional or they're lying. When we roll our eyes at people who say, is he going to have a deportation force? Is he going to come after us? Is are the Muslim, my Muslim friends going to be kicked out? We can't roll our eyes. We need to say, I know, I heard those words too. But I have to tell you, if it's something illegal, if it's something unconstitutional, if they decide to run, make camps like FDR and Woodrow Wilson and try not to say, your guys, if they decide to do that, I'll be with you. We're not going to repeat those mistakes. I understand your fear. If we give them the credit of, I understand your fear, we might be able to have conversations in the future. And those conversations are going to be critically important as we try to undo some of the things that have been done to this country. Our sponsor this half hour is American Financing. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So... My grandfather taught me in the Great Depression that the people who made money in the Great Depression or the people who survived were the people who had money. And he specifically was meaning don't buy anything that you can't afford. Make sure you don't have debt and quite honestly stay out of the stock market. And that's just the way that generation was. My grandparents, they made their own clothes. They would not spend it if they didn't have it. And all of our grandparents who lived through the Great Depression were like that. Think of that. Now, many of us are behind. Many of us have huge debt and we have high interest uh, debt, some of us. Get out of that. The interest rates are at all-time lows. Remember in 2008, no bank was giving a loan. Now is the time to do this. You can uh, consolidate all of your debt and you can save as much as $500 to $1,000 every month. And American financing mortgage consultants are salary-based So they're looking for the solution that's right for you. They're not counting commissions. If you want to buy a home or you want to refinance right now, do it right now. Call 866-750-6551, 866-750-6551, or go to AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. So I um, was reading something last night um, from uh, inside the media. It's it's a uh, newsletter that media people read, people on television um, and newsrooms read. uh, And it was a collection of their questions, their internal questions, that I have to share with you next hour. It's quite amazing because they really don't get it. They reading this, this soul searching, I would so like to sit down with them and say, let's let's just sit down together for a few minutes, okay? Because they're soul searching, they don't even know what they're looking. They're so lost, they don't even know what they're looking for. 
And I have to read this collection of questions that they're asking each other. That is remarkable. Next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The, the marches started last night, and it was so obscene um, to see them. And I recognize that people are afraid, but uh, marching and calling for violence, especially after a day that I was so proud to see um, both our president and Hillary Clinton come out and say, it's legitimate, you got to treat him with respect, and we owe him an opportunity to succeed. I thought, this is what America is. This is what makes us great. Instead of having civil unrest and what happened, the left radicals came out last night um, and they said some pretty horrific things. We'll get into that and a way to hopefully diffuse that. But also the media has to do some soul searching. And I have some, I have something from what insiders in the media read all the time. Uh, there's passing around questions. Where, where did we go wrong? What do we need to do to fix this? Man, do, they don't get it yet. Uh, I want to just share with you the internal thoughts of the newsrooms in New York and in Washington and show you how far off the mark they really are. We begin there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Brian Stelter, who uh, used to write for the New York Times, uh, before that I think he was with uh, TV Newser, which was very, very inside. Now he's with CNN. Um, He's at 24 hours after one of the biggest media figures, uh, failures in a generation. I have a lot of questions. Now, this is kind of, this is really inside baseball, but I think it's important uh, for uh, those who are not part of the media to see them grapple with what happened and the questions that they're asking themselves. Um, First question, they are asking internally themselves, what do readers and viewers need right now? What should change about journalism in the weeks and the months to come? What must not change? How can journalists help bridge our national divide rather than deepen it? How much influence do we really have anyway? Was the election of Donald Trump a Republican of the national, uh, a repudiation of the national media as well as other elites? If so, will the message be received? That's so obvious, but... Um, How many media elites can honestly say they know Trump voters or a Trump voter personally? That is probably the most important question. That's a good question. That is the most important question they can ask. Because they'll say, well, I've met them. 
No, do you know them? Are you friends with somebody like that? And if you're not friends... I've seen them on TV. And, 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 and this goes both ways. If you don't have real liberal friends, you've put yourself in an echo chamber, and you will be, in the end, as dangerous as the media elites are. You'll be a right elite. You only hang around the people who think like you. It's important that we read other things, that we understand the other side, that we talk to the other side. I won't even look at a liberal. Oh, I know. If one passes my... You've got one in in the basement, right? Jained up? Yeah, but I don't look at him. Okay, good. All right. Um, How many times have you asked yourself, how many times have you asked yourself today, how does the other side feel? (laughs) That's a pretty good question, too, because you know they've never asked that question of themselves. I know we did. We do all the time and because how, we have to... Right. We're, we're continually challenged by the other side. Ah, uh, how many people yesterday looked at Hillary Clinton and went, good, and didn't think about the people who were sitting in that room and saying, wow, how do they feel? Here, here's this woman who they believed in who has worked her entire life, and they see her as the Are one. Are you telling me, though, that there wasn't just a little bit of pleasure? No, there was. Yeah, deep inside. No, no I mean, but it doesn't mean it. that... No, 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 wait, wait, wait. She's we been so it doesn't mean that you 30 don't, years. Yeah, you don't... It doesn't mean that you don't go, yeah, good. good. It means that's the way you feel. Yeah. Now, have you thought about how they feel? Yeah, we knew how they felt. They were all crying. <laughs> <laughs> Babies. Wednesday's protests are an opportunity for Trump. Will he rise to the occasion? Should he address the nation? Did Wednesday's news coverage fully capture the fear of the half, uh, that half the country is feeling? You hear that? Did Wednesday's news coverage fully capture the fear that half the country is feeling? They're worried about their side. Mm-hmm. Did they cover the fear that half the cover the half the country was feeling in two thousand eight? No. Did they even have this questioning? No, you know they didn't. No, of course not. Um, did Wednesday's? <clears throat> let's see. Um, how will Trump's anti-media rhetoric translate to his administration? Will he target individual journalists? I'd like to know that myself. Will he withhold press credentials? I'd like to know that. Will he seek to loosen the libel laws? He's already said he would. <clears throat> yep, he said he'd do all of those things. Um, why did most of us head into Tuesday's election night believing Hillary Clinton would win? I mean, they think of this. Internal questions from the press. Why did most of us? They're admitting it. Why did most of us mm-hmm. walk in thinking that? And by most, it's like 90%. Oh, it's more than that. Or more. Yeah. Um, how... Um, how was it we walked in believing Hillary Clinton would win? That it wouldn't even be close in the Electoral College? Uh, that it might be called by midnight? How much of this was just a genuine mistake based on gnarly polls? And how much of it is groupthink? How much of it is wishful thinking? What are any or the best remedies for a Sela corridor bias? What are the specific reasons why so many polls underestimated Trump's support? You should probably explain that. The, the, that's the, the train oh, yeah. that oh, yeah. travels the, the East Coast. Washington yeah. to Boston, the, largely. The Washington to... And it's not the regular train. The Acela is where the... That's the that's one where that the, costs uh, you the, money. Yeah, it's, it's a much nicer train. Yes, yes. And, uh, and that's, faster. And so, so that's the one where the... He's elites, talking about the Eastern elite media that travel that way. Yeah. Instead of taking a train, they just yeah. hop on the Acela. They hop on the train. 
Um, what are the specific reasons why so many polls underestimated his support? How long will it take to unpack this? Quickly on that one. You know, it's a weird thing because the more I've looked at the numbers after this, the polls weren't all that terrible, particularly the national ones. I mean, they predicted a three-point Hillary Clinton win, and it looks like it's going to be about a one-point Hillary Clinton win in the popular vote. Remember, the polls don't predict the Electoral College. They predict the popular vote. And, and so they, they definitely missed, but it was, and a lot of the state polls were bad. But they didn't miss. It's the a, national it's polls a, were close. A three-point margin of error. Yeah, yeah it's right in, within They predicted the, the correct error, winner, right. largely. And, and, and they predicted the correct winner uh, on the popular vote. The other part of it is, like, you, you, you look at it and it's like, well, there wasn't a huge turnout. Turnout looks like it's going to be down. Um, and By it, the way, remember what I said, and I, it would have been worse if it was uh, Jeb Bush. But remember I said... This will be the lowest did, yeah. turnout in election history. If these are our choices, people just won't turn out. Um, and it turns out because we keep adding, you know, 30 million people in, what, the last eight years, we just keep adding people. So you have to look at it population adjusted. I don't know if anybody's done that. But this is definitely the lowest turnout in the last 12 years. Yeah, at least the last few elections. It's yeah. been down the, from the last two. And that was what was, interest, which was interesting about it is the real story of this election seems to be you know, when it comes down to the numbers, is that minority voters did not turn out for Hillary Clinton. There wasn't a huge surge for Donald Trump as far as raw numbers go. No. It's just he got the number, he got the votes in the right places, right. which was really important for him. And to they're, the and they're saying that people, more people voted for uh, them than ever before. That, that A is not true, but it also, you have to look at population growth. If you're not looking at population adjustment, yeah, we, we should you, know, get, you, have to, you have to look at population adjustment. We'll do those numbers because it's an interesting thing. So I, the polls are getting a lot of heat. But, we know, we, we talked about a lot about Nate Silver over the, you know, his model over at 538. I mean, he had, he had Trump as a 30% chance to win. Now, that, does not, that means he's not the favorite, but a 30% chance is a big chance. I mean, that's, that, is a, that is something you would think is relatively possible, and it happened. There's a reason why these percentages are built into this. Like, it's not just, oh, well, he's definitely going to win if you have them as the favorite. He, Hillary Clinton, they had them as the favorite, but a, a conservative favorite. I mean, it looked like there was a good chance that Donald Trump had to, had to win. And unlike some of the other models, he allowed for a large possibility of that happening. And it did. It, it's, I mean, they're going to beat up this industry over this. And it's... it's it has problems and there's questions to ask, but it's not as bad as is being advertised, in my opinion. So these are Brian Stelter's um, questions, and I think those are pretty good um, questions. Mm-hmm. But I want you to hear what the other newsrooms are asking that he's included. How much cable news did Trump watch today and what did he learn from the coverage? Um, were we enablers of Donald Trump? Were we too negative toward him? Uh, trust. So far, there's no question on. Did we did, did we provide answers to you know Hillary's campaign? What role did that play? Um, did did we not point out that yeah, WikiLeaks read WikiLeaks? What the hell? It, look at how bad the corruption really is. Um, Trust in the media is already at pitiful low levels among Republicans. How much will it decline among Democrats who now blame the media for Trump's victory? Um, uh, Scott Pelley, CBS. Are we going to be okay? 
Are we going to be okay? (laughs) Is he he talking about the media? Yeah. Or the American people? The media. (laughs) Um, Is the mainstreaming of alt-right media already underway, and what are the consequences? Uh, Will newsrooms rethink how much airtime and ink was spent in covering polls? Will the lessons be taken to heart? Or will the same mistakes be repeated four years from now? Will candidates spend less money on TV ads in the future? How will this affect television stations and networks? Um, And our salaries. Listen to this. What is the guiding principle for news organizations in the Trump era? Do they want to challenge him when he goes against their notions of acceptable governance, governance or simply provide a record of his actions and behavior? What will the new media outlets... Uh, what new media outlets will rise from these ashes? Ashes. Uh, what will make these startups different from what exists today? Is there any way that the next four years do not become a reporting bonanza for all of the ages? Nowhere in there was, did we play a role in the propping up of what the, uh, uh, a large section of the country recognized as aberrant behavior? Did we dismiss and slap people across the face and say, you can't trust us by saying Benghazi doesn't matter? That her lies, I mean, you know, one of the offensive things that I found yesterday was that she said, um, we failed. To her supporters, we failed. But we blah, blah, blah. No, Hillary, I don't think your supporters failed. I really don't. You failed your supporters. The Democratic Party failed the voters by putting someone up who was that flawed of a candidate. And I don't mean that she just wasn't a good candidate, you know, um, because nobody warmed up to her. I mean that the FBI was doing investigations on her for corruption. If you're going to pardon her, do you also pardon the guy who took the pictures on the submarine for his children to show him where he works? I mean, that guy's going to prison. She's not. There's, there's been no self-reflection that I have seen from the left or the media on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have we been carrying water for people? What they're saying now is, okay, so do we back off of Trump or do we go after him when we don't agree with his policies? No, wait a minute. You do what an honest person is supposed to do. You state the facts and you let the chips fall where they may. And when it's the president, you start fresh Just quite honestly, like the bulk of Americans did under Bill Clinton. When Bill Clinton, I remember distinctly, Pat, you and I, we thought that guy's a total scumbag. And we watched him on 60 Minutes with Hillary. Mm -hmm. And they said, look, we've had problems and we took care of it. Both Pat and I both got on the air the next day and said, got to give him a pass on that. I mean, it, it, it looks like they know about it. They fixed it. It's everybody makes mistakes. He asked her forgiveness. She forgave him. It's not between us. Start with a clean slate. That's what you're supposed to do. That slate was, <clears throat> slate was dirtied up very quickly after that. But, yeah, very quickly. Uh, but 
Uh, you know what? And, but at and least, yeah, at least it start, was clean for a while. And you don't carry water for anyone. Yeah. You don't carry it for Trump. And you don't see the problem with the press is they're going to lose more credibility because there's no self-examination right now on what they did for Hillary Clinton. They're all Trump questions. Were we too good or too mean to Trump? What about the Hillary side? Yeah, and for the DNC, for, for the Democrat Party, as well as the media, they, they accept no responsibility for how extreme that party has, has become. I mean, that is not the party of JFK and hasn't been for a long time. And all the media does is focus on how extreme the Republican Party is. It's nowhere they drove, near they drove, the Democrats. They drove America to an extreme. For instance, they just make it about Trump. They don't make it about, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What role did we play in this by, for eight years, accusing these people of being racists, mm-hmm. pushing them up against the wall to the point to where that word didn't mean anything anymore? Right. And so it didn't carry any weight to the when point you where actually saw a racist. Where they're saying Chicago is code Correct. for black people. Correct. I mean, come on. Now this, if you don't get new blinds, you risk having Jeffy come in your neighborhood and take a peek. I'm just saying. Oh, boy. Replace your broken or worn out blinds at blinds.com. No, that's bad. And there's no tree branch that will hold them anymore. <laughs> Replace your broken or worn out blinds at blinds.com. Pat and Stu and I have all used blinds.com. Tanya and I use the design consultant to um, That includes help Redwoods, us. by the way. Redwood <laughs> tree branch wouldn't hold them. Um, blinds.com. 100% satisfaction guarantee. Even if you mismeasure or pick the wrong color, they'll remake your blinds for free. Get made-to-order custom blinds without paying the custom prices at blinds.com. Now through November 21st, buy three blinds, get the fourth one free. Blinds.com. Use the promo code BECK, get the special offer. Three blinds, fourth blind is free at blinds.com. Promo code BECK. Rules and restrictions do apply. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck program. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to take a look at uh, the first 100 days of the Trump uh, uh, administration. Boy, if, if he does these, these things that he said he was going to do in the first 100 days, it's going to be a remarkable... Repeal and replace on there? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you wait till you see the list. It's, it's really quite list, good. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Mercury One. Um, some of the things that we've done, um, 4,000 Iraqis and Syrians have been moved to safety. Um, some of them up way up in northern com- com- uh, country um, and others in countries all around the world. Um, this is the biggest number of Iraqis and Syrians, the Christians and Yazidis who have been moved. Nobody is taking these guys. And because of the Nazarene Fund, four thousand have been saved whole communities have been saved and these people still speak the ancient aramaic i mean these are the this, these are the original apostle um communities and we sure would uh, like your help to keep the doors open every year we do a couple of fundraisers just for the general fund just to pay the salaries and everything else so we can keep our 100 percent promise 
that everything we raise goes to the source and, and goes to those projects and not to, you know, keeping the lights on. Um, so we're doing a raffle and an M1 ball. Um, it is Project uh, Mission Possible is the name of the uh, ball. And that's happening Saturday, November 19th. We'd love to have you come. It starts at 630 at the Intercontinental in uh, Addison, Texas. It's a Saturday night. Um, Sarah Evans uh, is a country artist ever. You know, you know Sarah Evans, don't yeah, you? Stu? Yeah, sure. She's great. She's yeah. going to be performing. Um, uh, Dana Lash is going to be the MC. We have the uh, Norris's, Chuck Norris, and his wife is going to be there. Uh, we will all be there, and we'd love to see you. Go to mercuryone.org slash m1ball. And by, by the way, you can also register to win. We have a raffle, $100 uh, a ticket. You could win a brand-new Mercedes, a CLA 250C. It's a Mercedes-Benz. Uh, from uh, Mercedes-Benz of Plano. We want to thank them for their help. Buy a ticket. You could have a brand new Mercedes. The Glenn Beck Program. So glad that you are uh, here today. There's a couple of things I want to make you aware of that we'll talk about. Line longs, uh, long lines in India are happening now as much of India's cash has turned useless. They have now uh, banned the 500, what is it, ruby uh, note uh, and the 1,000 note, which... I, I, I don't know how much that's worth, but there are people trying to buy gas with 500 um, notes. Mm-hmm. And they have joined the bandwagon of, uh, no, we don't accept these anymore. We're only taking, we're trying to crack down, you know, on, on safety. And, uh, you know, criminals, they use drugs. They use these big notes to buy drugs. That's bullcrap. This is happening all over the world, and they're phasing out cash. And now people don't know what to do because they have all this money and they have all these notes and they can't use them anywhere. You can't buy anything with them. Uh, And it is causing all kinds of problems in society because no one will accept them now. Uh, The bank? Bank will. But you go to a store and you had one in your wallet. You know, it's like banning a, a 20 or a $50 bill. Mm-hmm. And so you go over there and, and you know, you're at, the, you're at the store and you're just used to paying in cash and you're like, oh, you got this $50 bill. And they're like, sorry. Well, well okay, well, what do I do now? I, sorry, I can't use that. And so it's just <laughs> causing all kinds of problems. And it's coming here. It's coming here. Another story that I uh, read that I really thoroughly enjoyed is um, Trump gives a victory speech. Liberals rediscover the appeal of limited government. I love this because anybody who is uh, not a Trump fan, 
This is exactly why we said you don't give the president that much power. You have a limited constitutional republic. Because, if I may quote myself for the five millionth time from the last eight years, your guy isn't always going to be in. And when your guy is in and he tries to do what your guy just did, you're going to hate it. They just didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. And I also think they thought they would always be in. Yeah. That's what I mean. Not just that they wouldn't believe the other side would do it, but like they just were so sure they weren't going to lose. That's what I think. Pat meant right. Yes. They just didn't believe it. They, yes. Yeah. They, yeah. they they knew that Republicans because they think Republicans are horrible, you know, rat bastards. I mean, look at they look just at, didn't think we'd ever get back in. Remember the other night when uh, election night, we're all sitting in this room discussing the election, and it looked like Trump was going to lose at first. And Chris Alcedo went so far as to say the Republican Party was going to be a regional party from now on. Well, now <laughs> the executive. And the legislative branches <laughs> for at least the next four years. That's as unregional a party as you can possibly get. We're more powerful now than probably ever. And, uh, you know, just a few days ago, everybody thought it's over. So I'm sure the Democrats have felt like they didn't have to worry about this because well, you got two years. They just won two, you have two, two terms with Obama and they thought Hillary was going to continue it. What's, you have two years to um, uh, do the things that you want to do and need to do and be uniting, be a good uniting force in the next two years. Otherwise, the people will do what we did in 2010, and that is punish a party for having both sides or all, you know, uh, the, the two sides, legislative and executive branch, um, and and then not doing the right things with it or being obscene with that power. I mean, think about this. Since, uh, and this goes to your pendulum theory, and it's something that we, you know, as, uh, as well, certainly Trump has to think about, um, and I think conservatives in general, uh, Republicans in general have to think about. Ever since the American people got a vision of what Barack Obama would do with all of the control of government, there have been four elections three of which have been blowout for Republicans. The only, one, the only one that wasn't that way was Barack Obama in 2012, which, again, you could make, a, I think, a pretty strong argument, especially if, after looking at him versus Hillary Clinton, that he was a pretty once-in-a-lifetime talented politician. I think he's obviously terrible on politics, but he's every so much time, better than anyone else they have. Every time he is up for election, he does well. Every time you have a chance to... Uh, go against his policies, his policies lose big time. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, wave election in 2010, wave election in 2014, and 2016, uh, pretty significant. I mean, holding the Senate, and remember in 2018, what is it, 23 uh, out of like 28 seats that are coming up in the Senate in 2018 are Democrats. Yeah. You have a, a really good chance to expand that if this next two years goes fairly well. If it goes well. And you have the chance. You do. You do. Top of the hour, I'm going to share with you his first 100 days. And um, it could go very, very well. Last night, um, um, Rudy Giuliani was on, and he talked about the people that um, he thought. He said, I have not talked to Donald Trump about this. He said, but, you know, some of the names I've been thinking about. 
he talked about John Bolton for uh, Secretary of um, um, State. State, which would be remarkable. You want to <laughs> talk about? You want to talk about uh, healing our our um, image around the world of being stable and making sense? Mm-hmm. But John Bolton. There. Who were they talking about? Oh, they were talking about uh, Trey Gowdy for Attorney General. General. Bill O'Reilly uh, said, what about you? And he said, well, I do know the federal law and I do know the system. Mm-hmm. He said, Rudy. what about, yeah, he said, what about putting her in jail? And he said, well, I think, you know, there's some things, you know, that maybe we should consider on that. He said, but we do have to further the investigation and see what was really going on. Um, so he seemed like they were going to further that investigation, um, but he seemed... Uh, to hedge his bet on whether or not you put her in jail. Um, he said, you know, we have a long-standing... And I talked to Mike Lee about this uh, a few weeks ago and said, Mike, make the case that you don't put her in jail. And he said, oh, it's easy. You send the message to the rest of the world and to the really nasty political people here in America that you can put your opponent in jail. He said, that's what Banana Republics do. And he said, we have always looked the other way because we don't, want, we don't want running for a position to become weaponized for the person who wins. Oh, I'm going to put you in jail. Yeah, but it's not because she I ran know, against right. him. I know, but I mean, that's the a, way it will be perceived. Probably. But do you worry about that or do you, do you try to have justice prevail? Well, that's the argument Mike and I had. I'm going to have him make the argument because... It's interesting. It's yeah. an interesting one, though. Yeah, it is. It's, it's fascinating to think who could be in this cabinet, too, because there's some pretty good choices. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where Chris Christie's going to wind up because he's been loyal the whole time. Yeah, I mean, and, it was really one of the first big, you know, and big in many ways, but big uh, people to come out and say... And he's head of the uh, transition team, right? He's head of the transition team, and so, he was uh, undyingly loyal. Yeah, so um, he's got to have a place. Head of the transition team. You he's would think he's not exactly. He's not exactly, you know, chief conservative. There was in no, this not. audience. No, in this audience, there was usually about twenty percent support for Chris Christie. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know if everybody thinks he hung the moon in the stars, but um, well, we certainly he, don't. But it, yeah. you know, he's he's eloquent in his speech. Oh, he's good. He's he's, he's good at what he does. You might think about him for attorney general. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm yeah. I'm gonna. I wouldn't put a guy who did that with the bridge. As I know. General. I know. You're going to have to find a, uh, an interesting place for Christie because of those issues. Because if you put him in the wrong place, too high profile, this will just go on and on and on forever. Yeah. You want you know? I, I think they'll try to find a place for him where he can do what he does well without necessarily being the public face in a high profile position. I mean, the transition thing works well for him, but I think that they they will find something for Chris Christie. I mean, he. His career was essentially over. He went all in with Trump, and it's going to wind up being, uh, it's obviously paid off bigly, big league, as it were. So uh, that's, uh, that's a positive, right, And uh, for him. And, uh, you know, they've been talking about Sheriff Clark as well for a role, potentially. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because everyone obviously, you know, uh, through primaries and stuff, are not exactly pro-Trump. Uh, but, I mean, here's a, bla- a Blaze Radio podcast personality being discussed about being inside the Trump administration, uh, you know, so that's another uh, interesting one that's yeah. being tossed around. Uh, there's um, uh, uh, they're also uh, at least on O'Reilly last night with um, Giuliani. The first name that was brought up for Supreme Court was Mike Lee. 
And um, I don't think Mike sees that coming because Mike didn't support Donald Trump. But boy, you want a healing moment oh. for people like us. Mm. You want to see us become you, the biggest Trump supporters in the universe? Yeah. Put that up there. We, I, I will stand behind that and push with every ounce of my uh, very weak uh, physique uh, to, uh, yeah, to but there's no. I mean, we obviously have seen the power that we have, which is almost none. <laughs> well, that's not <laughs> be able to good though. Build. I mean, look, this is about individuals. Making yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. I just, I just wanted to yeah. point out when you're like, and I'll put all my what pickup sticks. I said particularly <laughs> weak physique. Okay, uh, but I mean, no, I, I'm just saying that it certainly is was a large area of concern for many Trump supporters how people on this show and how people who didn't support Trump in the primaries were going to vote. And the question is, well, how do you react afterwards? The guy won. And as we said throughout the process, he wins, he gets a clean slate. We judge him mm-hmm. as what he does as president. If what he does as president is make Mike Lee a Supreme Court justice, holy crap, am I going to be thrilled by that? Yeah, now, too. I'm still going to say if he tries to pass a tariff that it's a bad idea. But I mean, I can completely, there are several things that we can all unite uh, and be really, not just unite, but be passionate about. Mike Lee is a Supreme Court justice. I am passionate about, uh, you know, term limits. It came along late in his campaign pitch. But Mitch McConnell already said, nope, that's not even going to find its way on our agenda. Well, you know what? Uh, Donald Trump said it would. Yep. And, I, you know, he's president. He promised that he would do that. And I hope he follows through on it. If not, I hope he supports uh, the Article 5 uh, movement. Yeah. Because that's, I think, the only way to do it. I- I mean, you know, again, he did propose a tax cut plan. It changed a bunch of times. We talked about that. It ended up largely in the area of where the House tax cut plan was for Republicans. And while it's not my dream tax cut plan, it's not. I mean, I liked Ted Cruz's a lot better. It's still a tax cut. And I like tax cuts. So I would be supportive of that as well. There are several things. see the tax cut along with tax with with, along with a huge spending. Yeah. I mean, if he does a trillion dollar stimulus package. And a tax cut. That's just bad for all of us. Right, but I would, we would oppose end, that. And I don't know that I've ever even heard him talk about this, but end the death tax completely. I, th- if, I think that's has he, in. Has he mentioned it? Yeah, I think that's in that there. Needs to I don't know that he's mentioned it'll be, it. It'll, it'll be interesting to. Wealth when it they will be die interesting has to, to go away. Just real quick, uh, an update. Um, I did reach out to the Trump campaign yesterday. He said in his uh, speech, you know, there are those who opposed me. A few. Uh, a few. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can count them on one hand. Um, but uh, there were those who opposed me, and he said, I am reaching out to you. And so don't, I don't know if he was talking about us or including us in that list, but uh, just in case, I wrote him a very nice letter. We reached out to his campaign yesterday. I sent him the letter. Um, I'm willing to call him, probably will put a call in today. Um, I don't expect him to take the call. I don't expect really... Um, um, anything out of it, he's the president-elect. Um, but just on the offhand, I want you to know that in that letter, and I'll publish it in a few we days. We took him up on his gra- gracious, gracious offer, and we were very gracious in return. Um, and um, if something happens, we'll let you know. And now this. A major bank is being criminally charged with identity theft for creating an estimated 2 million unauthorized accounts using customer data. This is so bad, trying to make the bank look better than it. I mean, these banks are in so much trouble. Make sure that you have LifeLock. If you're a LifeLock member and you become a victim of identity theft, their U.S.-based team will work to resolve your case. If you have Wells Fargo, I hope you have LifeLock. 
Free credit monitoring will only detect credit problems. LifeLock helps detect and then fix the identity problems. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock, you have the best protection. Membership start at $9.99 a month plus sales tax. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK for 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. 1-800-440-4936. LifeLock.com. 1-800-440-4936. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, program. So glad that you are. Um, so glad that you are here. Um, did you see Miley Cyrus? We got the. Uh, oh, it's sad. Is it sad? Just, I, you know, I I put it in the machine, but I didn't really listen. I oh, yeah, anxious to hear how sad it this is. This is this is Miley Cyrus, right after uh, Trump was declared a winner. Maybe I really am different, and maybe mm-hmm. a lot of people that I'm surrounded by. Mm-hmm. think with open minds and open hearts like I do. And I do want to say that I've been very vocal for my support for everyone besides Donald Trump. <laughs> heavily supported Bernie, heavily supported Hillary. Okay, stop. And just I a still stop think, just a second. Oh, God. I want you to know that right. I'm just surrounded by open-minded people. And I, I mean, I supported everybody except Donald Trump. I mean, I, su- I supported Hillary and Bernie. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so open-minded oh, of open-minded. you. Open-minded. That is so broad. Oh, yeah. 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 She supported everybody from the socialist to the Marxist. <laughs> so open. I mean, yeah. Wow. wow. In her lifetime, she deserves to be the first female president. And that's what makes me so sad. <laughs> is that I just wish that she had that opportunity because she's fought for so long. Fought and because... Long. I believe her when she says that she loves this country. This is all she's ever done. She's given her life to make it better. Oh, hang on but, just a like, second. Donald Trump, hang so ironically. I'm a pretty emotional guy. Did uh-huh. I did I at all shed a tear on Ted Cruz? Did I when uh, No. I mean I'm and I'm a pretty emotional I'm almost all woman. Uh yes. and right? Yes. I mean and I'm filling in my breasts. I mean yes. they're coming in nicely now. Yes, they are. But uh that's amazing. I mean, she is really distraught. Yeah. Really, truly distraught over this. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Hello, America, and uh, welcome to the program. The first 100 days of any administration is the most important. Now, the left knew that Barack Obama was going to win for a year before he was going to win, maybe even four years before he uh, uh, won. They were prepared. Is the Trump administration prepared? 
Well, they have a 100-day plan, and it's pretty impressive. We're going to go over what he says he'll do in the first 100 days, and we'll do it right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. I want to talk to you about the 100-day action plan to make America great again. I will tell you that elections have consequences and, and also obligations. And in this election, our obligation is to now stop fighting the battle of should he be president, should he not be president, um, did he believe those things? Did he say those things? What's he going to do? And now he's president. Let's take him at his word and let's follow what he's going to do and then hold him accountable if he, if he deviates from that with the understanding that every president has to make some sacrifices. Have, they have to compromise from time to time. As long as we don't compromise our principles, we'll be fine. So it's a new day. Elections have consequences. Elections have responsibilities for its citizens. Um, and one of those is um, not to be marching in the streets, um, calling for people's death uh, the day after an election. That is more like, um, oh, I don't know, Russia, 1919. What follows is the 100-day action plan to make America great again. Let's go through this. It's pretty impressive. First, Propose a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on all members of Congress. I love that. Yeah. That's great. It's not going to happen, and it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. If anyone can get it done, it might be Donald Trump. A one. Yeah. Um, uh, But uh, because he can speak directly to the American people and try to push it through, but already Mitch McConnell, you know, that great guy who was for Donald Trump, um, uh, he has uh, come out and said, no, that's not even going to make it to our Senate agenda. I mean, and, and the thing about the issue why this never happens, because this is something that's supported by 80% plus of the yeah. people, is that it's always somebody who understands, quote unquote, that, you know, you need to stay in office and everyone needs to hang around and you need to understand the system and all that. This is the one thing I really have, have and had hope that Donald Trump would, would push for. It came along late in his agenda. It was not like one of the first things he passionately talked right. about. And it, 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 but it strikes very much of that, uh, you know, this, of, honestly, the Bannon philosophy. Um, I, I, hopefully that actually happens. I, that one I am really, I would love because that one is huge and it has long-term implications. Yep, that's number one on his list. Number two, a hiring freeze on all federal employees to reduce federal workforce through attrition, exempting military, public safety, and public health. Third, a requirement that for every new federal regulation, two existing regulations must be eliminated. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I like that. I don't know if that's, you know. Uh, We'll see. See, I like that. Fourth, a five-year ban on White House and congressional offices becoming, uh, or officials becoming lobbyists after they leave government service. Obama should be the same thing, but. I know. If a lifetime ban on White House officials lobbying on behalf of foreign governments. Six, a complete ban on foreign lobbyists raising money for American elections. Mm -hmm. So he says that's day one. 
That's that last one. A clean, complete ban on foreign lobbyists raising money for elections. That's interesting. Because, I mean, that was some of the stuff. It was one of the issues that was Manafort was criticized for being a lobbyist, working with foreign governments. It's interesting he would take that on as a big part of his platform because, I mean, that w- the, the most well, recent... after uh, Manafort left. Exactly. And I, I know the new people didn't particularly like the old people. Um, so it's, yeah. it's an interesting yes. part of that, yeah. Uh, first, I will announce my intention to renegotiate NAFTA or withdraw from the deal under Article 2205. Now, when it comes to trade deals, I believe Donald Trump won 100%. I believe he will spend all of his political capital on trade deals. He's willing to, at least, um, because he that's the only that's the one thing that remained true and constant his entire campaign. And he said it for years. Uh, Second, I will announce our withdrawal from the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Wow. I mean, that's, you know, that's no surprise. And I think he'll do both of those. Yeah, the, those. Are, yeah, the NAFTA one will be interesting to see of what he does with it. Again, he, you know, he's not saying he's going to get rid of it. And there's been a lot of positives from it, to be perfectly honest. But I think he can a lot of negatives though too. But, lot, but yeah, and it, it it's not a great treaty. If you can go through and find the bad and, and get rid of that, obviously. Well, yeah, the problem is, is it's a it's a um, uh, a outside um, it's an unconstitutional government framework being built above the constitution. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with TPP. Um, third, I will direct my Secretary of the Treasury to label China a currency manipulator. Warning. Yeah, I, yeah. Warning. I, mean, uh, I would it. love to do that, but that is kicking the people who are feeding you right now. Mm. Uh, and, well, I mean, he, A, he promised it, right? He's promised yeah. this. All this stuff are, are campaign promises, so you're not surprised to see him. I mean, I don't ag- agree on a lot of this. Trait. Anything, However, this all is, his promises were suggestions. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah, but wait, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I, this, this, is, this is one of the main concerns I have had with Donald Trump's policies is he is not a conservative when it comes to trade deals. Not at all. Um, and yeah, he's Bernie Sanders on it. Yes. I mean, and that's, you know, look, I, but that's not something he lied about. I mean, he was no, 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 straight no, no, up I, no, and no. honest about I it. I know that. But, uh, but I have been very clear that if he wants or if he, if he gets into trade wars, and that's how these things are solved, if you start to stick a, a hot iron into one of your partner's eyes, they're going to stick two hot irons in your eyes. And this is what the Great Depression became the Great Depression instead of an 18-month depression because of the Smoot-Hawley trade tariffs. So this is very dangerous territory. Um, I will direct the Secretary of Commerce and U.S. Trade Representative to identify all foreign trading abuses that unfairly impact American workers and direct them to use every tool under American and international law to end those abuses immediately. Okay. Well, I mean, again, that's... Still uh, waiting for... Obamacare repeal? Yeah, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. 11. Hang on, right. hang on, hang on. Number 11. Fifth, I will lift the restrictions on the production Fifth. of $50 trillion worth of job-producing American energy reserves, including shale, oil, natural gas, and clean coal. Oh, good. That could save, that. Good. That could save the economy there alone. That's really good. Except, except prices of energy is so low right now. Yeah, but I mean, you know, certainly, I know. A, this is a positive. It's a positive. Um, and, uh, I know. Uh, sixth, 
lift the Obama-Clinton roadblocks and allow vital energy infrastructure pro- projects like the Keystone oil pipeline. Yes. That's good. Gigantic. Those two are really good. Yes. Um, seventh, cancel billions in payments to the UN climate change program. Oh, good golly. Yes. And use the money to fix America's water and environmental infrastructure. I'm okay with that. Uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, he's already. I want to know the details right. on that, but I think I'm okay. Yeah. He's already tapped the uh, climate skeptic uh, Myron Ebel for his. Yeah. Uh, and that's a good hire. Right? I mean, he's, good. You know, smart guy and, and definitely a skeptical climate guy. If you're, yeah. again, good for us. Uh, yeah. That's a good name. Additionally, on the first day, so everything he's saying so far is day one. Wow. Additionally, on the first day, day, I will take... It's a good day. You get this done, you can take a vacation. (laughs) Um, I will take the following five actions to restore security and the constitutional rule of law. First, cancel every unconstitutional executive action, memorandum, and order issued by President Obama. This is... A lot of these things Ted Cruz talked about. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, This This came very late, and he took some of the last stuff. This is his Gettysburg Address. This is great. Yeah. Wait, and wait, this is, is this post-election or pre-election? This is post-election, but it was what he said at Gettysburg. All right. Okay. Um, second, begin the process of selecting a replacement for Justice Scalia from one of the 20 judges on my list who will uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. So he's actually he's sticking verifying to the 20 judges on his list. That he's going to pick from that list. Yes. Third, cancel all federal funding... To sanctuary cities. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. Nice. That's so he can he can do that on day one that's without billions of dollars. Can, can he do that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure he's got some plan to do it. I just don't know. Wow. Uh, I don't know what that is. Executive order. For, yeah. Fourth, begin removing the more than two million criminal illegal immigrants from the country, and cancel visas to foreign countries that won't take them back. Mm. So, okay, so you're going to punish if they won't take them back, because that is an issue. We, we, we don't talk right. about all that often. They might not, they, we might say, hey, we found this criminal. Take them back, Mexico. And they're going to be like, screw you. We don't want them. So they're gonna, then he would cancel visas to that country as punishment. That would be interesting. Uh, and it, I mean, obviously, both both There will be retaliation, of, but... Right. That would yeah, probably so escalate. All of these things, things however... we got to do something, right? All of these things... We've been have, begging for something to be done. Think about think about just canceling federal funding for all sanctuary cities. Wow. That puts cities like New York, Houston, Dallas oh God, yeah. into massive disrepair fast. Well, they have to stop. They would have to stop their, their I mean, policy. Yeah. They have to stop it immediately. Oh, they'll yeah. try it. They, they have will to stop it immediately. I mean, there'll be a million things that happen on yes. off of that. But I mean, again, these are all of these things have massive consequences to go to what you were talking about earlier i mean if you take this stuff literally there might be issues here but i mean the the general direction of it is positive if i yes it is if i'm in if i'm in the city council of one of these cities i'm already planning for that right and, you are and you got to be talking about the fact that if he does that we've got to stop being a sanctuary city well, or they're going to have lawsuits. to change that policy or they, right? yeah, they're, already fire, start, they're already starting to talk about filing lawsuits even here in dallas about uh against that well, good luck in the courts in Dallas. Okay, just <laughs> good right. luck I mean, in, the in the courts. courts. And it may or may not work, but I mean, again, that's not—he can't control that, 
right? So, I mean, if, if he tries to do something... Yeah, these the are good steps. It, I mean, uh, you know, what are you going to do? These are good steps. Uh, fifth, suspend immigration from terror-prone regions where vetting cannot safely occur. This is what the Muslim ban turned into. Yes. Which is a much more rational policy. Yes. Um, yes. And, you know... Yes. Again, there could be there could be some issues with other countries yes. and stuff. With that, there will but, be. I mean, that's a fair... That's a fair limitation okay so those are the things that he says he's going to do on day one wow no no obamacare in there but i think that's coming right yeah, it's coming but that that's gigantic if so, he I mean, did all of those things on day one i can't t- guarantee you what the ramifications will be it makes me happy but it might set the world on fire i don't know right but so like, going through this categorizing real quick term limits one i'm a hundred percent behind that then he goes into regulation cuts and spending cuts. I love that with the hiring freeze. Then you've got the lobbyist stuff, which is fine, but I mean, I'm not all that passionate about it. Yep. Uh, then trade stuff, which I think, in my opinion, would be, would be bad, most of it. Yes. Um, then uh, energy, I like that a lot. Climate change, certainly love that he would not be paying for climate change crap like that. Uh, S- Supreme Court, one of the 20 judges is a big step. I mean, and this is we were told and, you know, it heard that that was one of the things he locked in to get some conservative report, uh, support because the first time he gave that list, he well, gave it and then backed, backed off of it. Drew said he locked in Mike Lee for that. And so that's uh, and, and, and Lee was on that list. Uh, then sanctuary cities, illegal immigration, uh, I mean, uh, funding, uh, that's good, too. So, I mean, most of that is pretty good, I think. Really good. A lot of it's really good. Yeah, it's more... It's the more, only iffy part is the trade policy. And, you know, we've talked about that the whole time, but... And that's, you, knew, you knew that getting into this. Yeah. I mean, that's not a surprise. Yep. Okay, so he says, then, in my first 100 days, I'm going to work on something more broad with Congress. And I'll tell you what that is uh, coming up in, in just a second. First, let me tell you about Goldline. You see... Just on day one, what upheaval could happen? Um, we already have changed our economy. I mean, you know, what is it? 35% of our economy is now run by the federal government. He says in the first 100 days, he's going to propose and pass even more um, to take that claw that back. On top of it, those trade deals could massively impact your life, massively impact your life, and possibly in a negative way. Hopefully that won't happen. But uh, may I suggest that um, you call Goldline today. No one suggests that you put your money in gold. It is wise to put 10% of what you have in gold or silver. Um, I want you to think about what it felt like when you went and looked at your 401k in 2008. Do you remember that? Those days are coming again. Please find out all of the information about buying gold or silver. Um, You saw gold go up 50 bucks uh, just on the election of Donald Trump. Um, I would suggest that you buy gold or silver um, after you've done your homework and if it's right for you. But the only people that I would trust with this is Goldline. They've been in 50, for 50 years, they've been in business over like 55 years now, um, been doing this and making sure that it's, it's right for the customer, and that's the way you stay in business. Goldline, the people you can trust, 
Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Call them today, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Program. 888-727-BECK. Hello, America. By the way, I, um, I read a letter, uh, or an, I'm sorry, an op-ed that came in to me from Riaz Patel. He is a, a, a gay Muslim uh, married man with an adopted daughter from Pakistan who has immigrated to the United States. Think about how how many enemies this guy has. Um, I brought him in about six months ago, and uh, he said, "You know, I just really want to understand. I want to understand your perspective." And and um, he said, "I've been watching you, and um, I think you're a guy who like is on the right track, and I want to talk to you." And um, brought him in, and a lot of people in the building were were very skeptical. Uh, They're like, um. This is exactly how I would approach you if I were Muslim Brotherhood. Who are these haters? Exactly right. Who are they? So um, we sat down, and I said, I challenged him, um, and he was talking about things, and and he said, you know, but white people, blah, blah, blah. And I said, why do you do do that? Why why do you assume all white people are that way? He left, and he said that really bothered him. He realized, because he, again, was not around people like us that challenged. They just accept that. And um, yeah, he has been. Yeah, I interject um, a question here: Are Pakistanis what? What are they? They're not white. What are they? I don't know what they are. They don't consider themselves white, though. Apparently, no, they're not European. No, but they're. I don't know if they're Middle they're Eastern, not black, or Asian. Or, not I don't know Hispanic. what they are. They're. I don't know what they are. They're not Asian. I don't know what they are, Pat. Okay, okay. Right. jeez, for the love of Pete, um, they're people. <laughs> anyway. Um, he need people. he has been um, he has been talking to us you know f- f- a lot and he is he's an amazing he's an amazing man. He got onto the plane and went to Alaska this last weekend because he realized none of my friends know any Trump supporters, and so he went to Alaska um, and took uh, three or four days and just went there and started talking to people. He wrote the emo- the most amazing op-ed, and you want to talk about brave, Good. the most amazing op-ed where he said, boy, I didn't get it, and nobody I know in New York gets it. Here's who these Trump supporters really are. He makes the best... And he liked them. Yeah, best, most compassionate case I've ever seen. Um, and somebody that, quite honestly, people on our side would say, stay away from him, and did, stay away from him. We didn't. And in the beginning of this, he says, it's because I met with Glenn Beck and he challenged me to think differently that I have been. And look at what I found. It's uh, at glennbeck.com now. What's the name of it, Lori? What's the name of it? My trip to Alaska or something like that? Yeah, something. 
It's a long title, but it has Alaska in it. Uh, this Pakistani, gay, Muslim, whatever. Click on that, read it, and share it with a friend. It's truly, truly remarkable. Back in You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. first half hour of this hour, we talked about the things that Donald Trump said he was going to do on day one. Pretty overwhelming um, and uh, pretty ambitious and most of it pretty great. Yeah, I I think mm, I don't think there was anything in there that I didn't think was great. There were things in there that I worry sincerely about the consequences Mm -hmm. and what he means. The devil will be in the details on the trade stuff. Um, But, you know, some things that are really great, but some things that, you know, might start a trade war. But who am I to say? He then says, within the first hundred days of my administration, I will introduce the following broader legislative measures and fight for their passage. One, middle class tax relief and simplification act. An economic plan designed to grow the economy 4% a year and create at least 25 million new jobs through massive tax reduction and simplification in combination with trade reform, regulatory relief, and lifting the restrictions on American energy. The largest tax reductions will be for the middle class. A middle class uh, family with two children will get a 35% tax cut. Hmm. The current number of brackets will be reduced from seven to three. And tax forms will likewise, likewise be greatly simplified. This is all, I mean, this is almost identical to the House plan. Yes. Um, and this is, you know, he, we, we talked to Evan. We had Evan McMullen on the air um, several weeks ago. And uh, one of the first interviews we had with him on patents due. And it was almost his exact tax plan as well. Um, the, the, their plans were very, very similar at the end. This is not the first Trump plan, but the one he landed on was almost identical to the House Republican plan. Um, the business, Anyways. the business rate will be lowered from 35 to 15 percent. You know how many people we'll hire? Mm-hmm. And the trillions of dollars of American corporate money overseas can now be brought back at a 10 percent rate. That's a little concerning, but I appreciate the effort. Um, right. There's good and bad with that. Yeah, but I mean. That, that, that can cause massive inflation. You bring back trillions of dollars of cash. Many of these things, too. Can, it happens all at once, especially. Yeah. yeah. Many of these things can be done through reconciliation as well because mm-hmm. they're budget matters. That's how the Bush tax cuts get, got done. It also means that they would have an expiration date. Um, but it's, I think it's 10 years. So you'd have some time with a much more favorable business environment. But then you'd have to pass something to keep it this way, which is where it gets really difficult. But still, 10 years is 10 years. With the president and the House and the Senate, I just don't understand why they can't go after something more ambitious than this. I agree. Why not? Why not go for it now? You've got the power. Go for it. They never do. Never do. Republicans never do. Look what Democrats did when they had the shot. Yep. 
They overhauled 17 percent of the U.S. economy. Uh, Among other things. Among Uh, other things. Dodd-Frank. Yeah. Uh, Not to mention the stimulus. They They, they went for it. Serious damage. Well, we could repair a lot of that. With with a really ambitious plan, it's it's a shame. There, this one is better. I mean, I'll take what we it. have now. I'll take certainly. it, but yeah. it, we always just have to take it. All right, throw us a scrap. I'll eat it. Whatever. Well, and that's the problem. That's why you can accomplish things on the left that the right can't accomplish, because the left is always big and aspirational and new. Always. And, and you're like, wow, that's. I mean, I wow. Who can't dream about that? Right. We're always about nickel and diming the tax brackets. Yeah. I mean, but again, something I, like Ted Cruz proposed is doable right now because you've I got agree. the power to do it. To, to give you where this was, so Bush had the tax rates at thirty-five percent. This uh, and they're now thirty-nine point six plus some other junk that I assume this gets rid of as well. I don't know that for a fact. This would move it to twelve, twenty-five, thirty-three. So you'd still have a thirty-three percent uh, tax rate, and capital gains would be at twenty percent. So again, well, that's still are they keeping capital gains? Are they yeah, keeping the, the, deductions or are they? Trying to take those, um, uh, with some. Dedu- I mean, it's a mixed bag on that. It's not. It's nothing. There's nothing flat about it. It Security is. It's a house plan. It really is. Right. Charity um, and mortgage. Stay. I don't think it's that simplified. Um, there's not just charity and mortgage. There's still lots of deductions in no. there. They'll, they'll get rid of some of them. They will get rid of the death tax, uh, at least temporarily, um, which is always a, a, a. It's just a ridiculous tax. It's like the, the most it's insultingly theft. ridiculous thing I've ever it's heard of. In my government life. theft. Um, oh, it's not the biggest wealth. part of the economy, but it's just morally ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that you, that you would have, all the stuff, all the stuff wrong. that progressives have done, I think that revolve around death is is morally reprehensible. I really do. The death tax. I, I'm sorry, but I I think somebody buying land and putting it in a trust in perpetuity is wrong. It's absolutely wrong to be able if if it's owned by your family. You know what I mean? And your family, you pass it to your son. That's fine. But telling your son and his son and his son what he can and cannot do with that land, we have no idea what might be on that land. You might find that it has a special rock on that land in 100 years from now. And somebody ruling from 100 years ago is going to tell us, I can't get that rock? But it's, Who the hell are you? Whose land is it? It's not. It was. It's. It's. I. It bothers me when it is locked up. It's. It's still his land. It's still his land because he's locked it up. No one living today can say, "Oh, well, we want to. We want to go look for that rock. We want to go do this." No, that land is only for this particular um, uh, use. Period. But I mean, isn't that? You're right as of someone who's, uh, I mean, if you have, if you want to, like we, I remember there was a radio station, I don't remember where it was, you'll remember the story probably, and the people who owned it, it was a great signal in the middle of the FM dial, and they made it a classical station, and then they, I don't know, in Seattle? Seattle, KMG. And they they said, I don't care what you do with this, it's just got to be classical. But they were still alive. The family that owns King, I think they still are, I I can't remember their names anymore, but... um, they were still alive. The sisters were still were still doing it. And and again, it's the land. I'm sorry, I'm much more Native American on the land. Men do not own land. We can possess the land while we're alive, and we can 
we can have our own borders on it, but we are really caretakers of the land. The next generation comes in and they decide what they're going to do with it. What you're saying is you're giving it to the next generation, and the next generation is able to decide what they're going to do with it during their lifetime. Yes. Not three generations from now, Glenn Beck's property is still Glenn's Beck property. Right. No, what I'm saying is, look, what I'm saying is, okay, I have a ranch. Okay. I die. I want my ranch to go to my children. Now, they can keep it exactly the same, but if I said to my children, oh, by the way, you are never to build another house on this land. You know, Dad, you didn't see 50 years ago before you died but, what was happening in the world. I want to build a house here. But it's, if it's something, you know, for, for example, if you, are, you put a, a religious uh, uh, institution on a piece of land and you say, I want it to be there because it's my principles. They last forever. It's mine. I, I, this is what I want it to be. If you don't want to take my free gift of, of land under, these, under this contract, then don't accept it. But I, I built my life. My life's work is, resides here. I, it's important to me. You I want it to last lock, forever. You lock. Plus, how much of that is there? I mean, that's Not a, lot, a small portion of what we're talking about. I just find it reprehensible. I find it, I find it reprehensible that... Uh, that the federal government can just tell people who are close to the land um, what they have to do from an office in Washington where they have no idea what they're doing with the land. They have no idea what they're doing. And beyond that, for instance, we have now, are you against, are you going, are you against going in and getting oil if the country needs it in the preserved lands of Alaska? No. Oh. You're not against that? Mm-mm. Well, why? It's, but I am it's against, deemed preserved land. Yeah, but deemed by who? The government? If you said, if you bought land and you said, you know what, this is my land and no one shall ever drill on it, then I think you'd have a right to do that. What right do you have to rule behind, from beyond the grave? You don't have to accept the well, land under that contract. And that's the government's... You just die and no one accepts... Because you're deeding this as a... As a you're putting it in, in a certain condition. And that's the government's theory on your money, too. What right do you have to give your money to your children? No, no, no. Yeah. No, yeah, it's that's, not. That's how they think that's about it. It's not. Because After I'm saying, dead, no, wait. we should get that money. I'm saying that you can, wait, I'm saying you could give that land to somebody and say, look, Pat, take this land. Here's our agreement. Our agreement is you don't build anything on there. You got it. Good. Then it's a contract between me and you. And then when you die, you could pass it to say, hey, look, I made him a promise but but it allows Pat, if things change, it allows Pat to say, okay, hang on just a second. That we have found a new rare mineral. It's only found on this land. But progressives always find a way that things have changed. That's why you like to, that, I mean, that's why you have a principle. It's essentially a part of your own constitution. If you say you want to use land for a specific thing and it's yours. Okay, let me give you, remember the Barnes um, Museum? In Philadelphia. I do not. Okay, the Barnes Museum in Philadelphia, a guy was this eclectic um, and, and pretty damn near crazy collector of art. One of the greatest collections of art in America, okay? But he wanted them all hung. They, it makes no sense. The way you go and you listen to the, the, the lectures and they take you through his art collection, you're like, what? The hell? what? And he's like, see, this, this represents this. And they are put together because of that. Well, None of it, some of it is inaccurate, but 
he that's the way he viewed the art and so he said i'll donate the collection but it always has to be done like that and these things have to be said right okay hang on Mm -hmm. well the city of philadelphia said it's in a neighborhood it's poor lighting um it doesn't make sense to be done that way and they took it from the barnes foundation and they forced them to move it and to do it the way they wanted to. The people from the inside who were responsible for the collection took it and said, no, we're not going to do it that way anymore. After all, he's dead. No, 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 wait. That is private property. That's different than land. Yeah, I land. I, I think land is property. I mean, it's yeah, actually it is. It's property brothers. It's a land. I'm not explaining this. Well. We're not going to get the rest of I'm not saying that you don't own. I'm not saying someone can come onto your land and tell you what to do with it. I'm not saying that at all. Definitely against that. We know that. Right. I am. I am for personal property being land. I'm saying when you die, what right do you have to take a finite thing which is earth art is not finite but buildings anything you want to do that's not finite you can always do other it. land there is always other land i mean it we- may not be that land there, there may, may not be there is a theoretical point right like that you're making that theoretically there's this you know plot of land that there's only this one resource that we can only get there in that you know one in a zillion chance. I mean, again, this is this a real long shot. But if that were to happen, we do have eminent domain laws, which is what this is actually constitutionally designed to be used as, not for casinos or parking lots, but for that type of purpose. That's a, that is probably where that would apply if it applies. But I mean, that never that situation is almost impossible. Like, I mean, I to me, if you don't want to take the donation of of whatever it is, then don't then you don't accept it under those circumstances. If there's a foundation that that has that and, it, and that, that is your legacy, I think that is completely within your right to do. All right, um, here's our sponsor this half hour. It is simply safe. Does Trump get to Obamacare in the first hundred days? Yes, he does. Okay, All right, yes, he does, and good, I'll get good, to those good. real quick. Um, now, this your home and family deserve to be protected, and Simply Safe Home Security protects you and your family. Now they have something brand new that you can add. It is a security camera that connects wirelessly to the sensors in your alarm system. If your system detects something, the camera turns on and records it. So somebody breaks a window, somebody opens a window, somebody opens a door. The camera automatically comes on and records the activity. So it will, the system will call police wirelessly, transmit it to the camera that there's been a break-in. The camera records what's going on. Police come, they see exactly what happened. This is all brand new technology, all from Simply Safe. It's quite amazing. New cameras available today at simplysafebeck.com. Go there now, simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. All right, so here's what he's going to do. He's going to reduce the taxes, uh, then end the Offshoring Act, establish tariffs to discourage companies from laying off their workers in order to relocate 
in other countries to ship their products back to the U.S. tax-free. That's something I agree with, but it is uh, yep. something you promised. Uh, American energy and infrastructure leverages private-public partnerships. Private investments through tax incentives spur $1 trillion in infrastructure investment over 10 years. That's a stimulus. Um, yep. Uh, School Choice and Education Opportunity Act redirects uh, educational dollars to give parents the right to send their kids to public school, private charter, magnet, religious, or homeschool of their choice. Ends Common Core. Love that. Brings education supervision to local communities. It expands vocational and technical education and make two- to four-year college more affordable. Pretty good. Um, let's see. Uh, Restoring the Community Safety Act reduces surging crime, drugs, violence by creating a task force on violent crime and increases funding for programs that train and assist local police. I don't like this at all. Um, I don't like anything getting into the government giving money to police. Um, increases resources federal for federal, yeah, the federal government, uh, federal law enforcement agencies and federal prosecutors to dismantle criminal gains, gangs and put violent offenders behind bars. Restoring the National Security Act rebuilds our military by eliminating the defense sequester, good, and expanding military investment, provides veterans with the ability to receive public VA treatment or attend the private doctor of their choice, good, protects our vital infrastructure from cyber attack, good, establishes new screening procedures for immigration to ensure those who are admitted to our country support our people and our values. Ten, clean up corruption in Washington Act, enacts new ethics reforms to drain the swamp and reduce the corruption influence of special interests in our politics. On November 8th, Americans will be voting for this 100-day plan to make America great again. Yeah, the first half of those are pretty specific. The second, there's much more broad. And yeah, because there are legislative be the details acts. of that. It could, they could be really good. They could, could be really be, bad. They could have lots of problems. There's definitely a lot of spending in that second half, which makes yep. me concerned. But again, we'll look at it as these things I'm come. I'm not sure I ever heard the words repeal Obamacare either. Oh, I, uh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, it is there. I must have skipped it when we took a break. It's but there. It is Boy, there. They buried the lead. This it is, is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.